praise God. We're going to dismiss the uh, younger children at this time. With the exception of We're going to have a, uh, a dedication, and so I'm going to uh, I'm going to call for the family, Eli and your family. Yes, and get sorry. Why don't we swing those doors too, if you don't mind? you come and you can either stand here or have a seat right here in the front. I would like to read some scriptures to you. They are a little lengthy. We might have mentioned this later, but I'm going to mention this now. We, uh, we don't baptize children. And we take this from the book of Mark, uh, young children. We don't baptize babies. I should say babies and young children. Because the book of Mark teaches, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved or is a part of the salvation process. Okay? He that believeth and is baptized. So in order to believe, a child has to be old enough to comprehend, understand, and believe in order for that scripture to bear out. But what we, one of the things that we do do is we dedicate our children to the Lord. We do this from the reference of a woman by the name of Hannah in the Bible. A woman who was barren, did not have children, asked the Lord for children. God gave her a child, a son, by the name, or he, she would name him Samuel. And then she was never commanded to do this, but she chose to give this child, Samuel, back to the Lord or for the service of the Lord. And so from, from this reference point, we uh, dedicate, we, you might use the word present, or we dedicate our children to the Lord. And uh, again, this is, we are not commanded to do this, but we choose to do this. Lord, you gave these children to us. Now we want to give them to you. We want to entrust them to you. Now I put great confidence and stock in the fact that we dedicate all of our children, dedicated our girls to the Lord, that in the process of life we have a, a confidence and a trust. That child was dedicated to the Lord. Okay? And the Bible speaks of the, uh, uh, the framework of believing parents. Matter of fact, it, it actually gives credence to a believing spouse towards an unbelieving spouse. It doesn't say that it will save them, 
But we knew that there, we know there's bearing. There's bearing between the adult believers. Key word is, of course, a believer. Amen. And so it also makes mention about believers and their children. So we take these these references from the scripture and we choose then to dedicate our children to the Lord. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you in the book of Luke chapter 2 at verse 22. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. When the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. This is what was done with the Christ child. So they presented him to the Lord. Verse 25, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the, you understand, he was led of God to come into the temple at this particular time. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou my servant depart, thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. In other words, I've been waiting for this moment all the days of my life and now I have seen it. Now let me, let me come in peace. Let me go to you, Lord. It's amazing the, uh, the, the pieces around this picture in the fact that this scripture involves these various individuals as a timing for Israel. I know. You want to get this over with, don't you? We're hurrying as fast as we can. It's okay. Is that common yet? I had three girls. I know how to do this. Okay. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all the people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. This is a timing thing. The fact that these two parents would come forward and say, we want to dedicate our children to the Lord now. I believe in the Lord directing people's lives, ordering their steps. When they have yielded to him, submitting their hearts to him. And it's amazing how we can observe God begin to order the steps, especially within a family, in the family unit. Too often times... She's winning. Too often times, maybe grandma should come up. 
Grandma, why don't you come up here and sit right next to her? Work your magic. You know, in the, in the congregation in Selah, half the congregation is children. One day I was standing there looking over all these kids, and it, it's a beautiful sight. Some families have five and six kids. Some have two. And it's like they're all in their order. And, and I think, you know, put 10 years. Let's just look 10 years ahead. Number one, the space in the building is maxed out already, so we know that has to change. Just if those that are sitting there grow up and continue to give their lives to the Lord. Of course, right now, it's pretty much the parents, you know. Hey, come on, you're going to church. Get ready. Come on, let's get ready. And they're scooting them along and dragging them along. And, and they're willing right now. They're still toddlers. Of course, we know they will become what was that word they call them? Starts with a T. Teenagers. And they will approach those ages where they choose to believe or not to believe. Which puts them in this precedent of choosing to be baptized. All right. And committing their lives to God. Sadly, in the society that... Uh, that I grew up in. Now I'm going back a few years. I'm, you know, let's go back kind of a generation. It was often the precedent that children to, were to be seen and not heard. Okay? When I sat at the dinner table, if there was a guest at the table, you don't talk. You don't speak. You don't make a sound. You sit there like a quiet little mouse unless you're called upon. That's what I grew up in. We are living in a generation right now that seems to be, be more focused on their children. And that's good. In some ways, it can be out of balance. Okay? But the good part is they're not being left behind. People, parents are focusing on their children. They're concerned about their children, children's days going ahead and, and giving them time attention. I've noticed that there's times when I'm sitting with my kids and the minute one of the children speaks up, it's all eyes and heads, you know, like they're looking at you. Look, Dad, look, they're looking at you right now. Oh, oh, okay. And so we make this little shift. Well, I'm understanding coming into this generation. It wasn't that way when I grew up. I'm just telling you. And some of the older folks around the room here, you ask them, Jason, it's so that we are seeing a shift in society. All right. I've worked with, with parents in their 50s who were just the older version of the five-year-old. Think about this for just a minute. We go through things when we're five, six, seven, eight that mark our lives. For the go forward. And so I've recognized that sometimes when I'm working with an individual, the things that they're dealing with are just a more matured version of the things that took place at five, six, seven, eight. 
And I think it's good to understand this at times, especially when you look at a five, six, seven, eight-year-old knowing just out ahead a little ways, they're going to become adults. Yep, I'm talking to you. Okay. I wanted to read a little further in this setting of Scripture. And there was one, this is the same time when they brought Jesus Christ, the the child, Jesus, to present him before the uh, priest. There was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. She was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers day and night. You don't know too many older women like that. And she coming in at that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Israel. So the Lord established these various witnesses at the timing of this situation in the presenting of this child. I want to read to you from the book of Psalms, 127, verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. One, two other places I want to read to you. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel. This is, this is what uh, it was commanded of Israel to teach their children. Um, again, I pretty much grew up in the generation of school, did all the teaching. The parents only interacted when the kids got home or they got home late at night, okay? And uh, I can remember my parents saying, well, that's for the school to do. That's for the teachers to do. But you realize that's not the biblical precedent, nor, precedent, or nor is it the, the biblical command. Because the Bible puts the responsibility of teaching the children on the parents. And so we take that very seriously. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Again, many today uh, expect that all children's teaching is done by an institution. Ephesians chapter 6, one more verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I'm calling on uh, Elder Miko to come and uh, pray and leave some comments with you. Praise God as we dedicate these children, okay? Why don't you come and stand?
ask, um, since these two are here, I'm going to ask the family as well. Um, I know that uh, you're here. Everyone, uh, if you could all stand. And in a moment, I'm going to ask for some of the men to come over, um, and I'm going to ask you to lay lay hands on Brother Eli, and I'll ask for my wife and some of the, the women to come and lay hands on uh, Sister Emily as well as we begin praying, okay? Before we do that, I want I just want to say one thing. Um, I'm so excited to have this expression being made today. I mean, we, we talked about this earlier. This, is, this isn't, you know, Acts 2.38, the plan of salvation. But it's also not religious tradition. We do this as an expression. It's a powerful expression for us, for you as a family to come up here and say, we are dedicating our children, as Bishop was saying, what he's given to us. In everything in life, what the Lord gives to us, he asks that we give it to him. We return it back to him and in store to see what he does through all that, through that, that expression. And the most precious, precious gift he gives us in our lives is these precious children. So Eliana, Isabella. Um, and before we begin praying, I'm going to uh, challenge the two of you with, with a couple quick thoughts that came to me as Bishop was talking. So the first is that, you know, Brother Eli, lead the household. You're the spiritual leader of the house. And think of the value that will bring to your children as they age. Um, I'll tell you from, you know, from, from just experience to be able to look back and know that your father was praying for you and coming alongside of you as, as, you know, as I was getting older, as you were getting older, is such a powerful testimony. It's an example. And think about, you know, remember at men's conference, we had such a good time at men's conference, and that thing Brother um, Sibley preached about when he said the power that's, that's given to, to men in households, which is the power to expand the power to claim dominion, the power of authority. You have that when you pray. Let your children hear you pray and remember that as they get older. Sister Emily, uh, we were talking about the same thing, and I know you listened to the, to the audio about the power <laughs> as it relates to, to women, of that power of being able to protect, that power of guarding, and that you have that. Your discernment, the, your, the way that you're able to feel in the spirit, you know, ab about things that are maybe entering the household, approaching the household that you can keep watch over. That is so powerful, so needed in this time. Um, and keep doing that. I'll say this, the last thing, you know, uh, I pray that these two hear you pray in your house as they get older. When I think about hearing my mother, my grandmother pray, it's always like an instant boost in my faith to hear to, re to think back to what it was like when I was trying to get a glass of milk at the age of n 10 and hearing my grandmother pray for all her grandchildren. At the time, didn't mean didn't seem like much. Now I know that I'm reaping the reward. I'm actually taking in blessings from those prayers. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for the family here as well and every uh, the part that you play in this. Amen. Men come up, women come up. Let's let's pray for these two in this precious family. In the name of Jesus. I thank you today, Father. We humbly approach your throne, Jesus, but with boldness today, Father, asking that you would strengthen this family, that you would bless this family as they give back to you what you've given to them, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray for these two precious precious 
Precious children, Father, that you would keep their hearts toward you, Jesus. That they would remember, Father, the sacrifices of their parents, Jesus. Of Brother Eli Romero, of, bro of Sister Emily Romero, Jesus. Of all the prayers that they prayed, Jesus, over their children. I'm claiming in faith today, Father, that they would walk according to your plan, your steps, your voice, your direction, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I claim it in faith, Father, today, Jesus, that we would look back years down the road and say, thank you, Father. Thank you for keeping them. Thank you for keeping these children. Thank you for everything that you've taught us through, through these children, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, keep them. Have peace in their household, Father. Let it be in their household. Let it reign. Let your authority, let your dominion reign in their house, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, strengthen them, Father. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. We thank you for this gift. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Shake shake people's hands before you sit down. We had talked about, um, the bishop and I were talking in the prayer room before service, uh, thinking about the next steps after, after the dedication, and uh, that's all changed <laughs> in between. I felt so much faith in the room during worship. Anyone else feel that? Man. I love that. To me, it's to be able to have those moments in worship and, and, you know, singing songs where most churches, you know, they, they open their books and they go through the songs and then they go into the next thing. There was so much power in that moment that we're going to revisit it. <laughs> That's where the Lord's leading us today. First Peter 3.15. We're going to talk about some other things as well. a few of you in the room today who recognize this scripture. Amen. Can we read this out loud together? All right, let's go. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear.
Brother Jarrell, while we're doing this, I know we've talked about this already. Can you can you look up the Greek word behind reason? It is logos. Okay. Interesting. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Everyone say, be ready always. To give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. Anyone relate to what fear means right now in this society, in the week of, in the year of our Lord, 2020, uh, March 8th? Uh, not going to say it. I'm not going to say the word. I'm going to say the word eventually. <laughs> um, fear. Wow, right? Fear. Anyone else here? Don't raise your hand. Buy extra toilet paper this last couple weeks? I'm just trying to think about why toilet paper. Like, it's not the stomach virus. I get the hand sanitizer. I get the Purell. My wife sh showed me a picture of what the CEO of Purell probably looks like. It's this guy dressed in gold, head to toe. You know, he's like, man, we're crushing it. Everyone else, not crushing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but toilet paper. Can we talk about that for a moment? Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah, I guess the quarantine, you're going to be home for two weeks, but do you, do you live on one week's worth of toilet paper? I try not to, I don't know. No, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I want a month, maybe more than that in my house at a certain time because two weeks, you know, that's the quarantine period. Um, Brother James earlier was saying, why bread? I get it. Why bread? Bread's gonna. How how long does bread stay okay? Oh, I guess you could freeze it, but man, I'd rather just have just like spam or something. <laughs> um, but people are buying up bread. I saw a video online, which I'm trying to stay off social media Dur during times like these. I actually want to have less time on so <laughs> social media versus more. Because um, it can just feed into your spirit if you're not careful, right? You take in so much info and it starts to try and guide, steer your spirit a certain direction. Generally, it's in, you know, the direction of fear, <laughs> especially in these times. And uh, I can relate to what this scripture talks about. A few of us have actually had a discussion about this scripture in the last week. I've had conversations with several of you. Uh, there was a chat going on um, with Bishop and a few folks from, uh, from Puyallup, from a few of the, the leaders from around Life Church um, and all the congregations. And Brother Mark Kendrick sent this, and he, he sent this scripture and said, this, this is really clear to me in my spirit right now, that I need to be, I need to be focused on this right here and to say that I need to be able to Know that my peace, everyone say peace, my peace that surpasses all understanding, that the peace that I have that isn't from me, that was given to me, okay, that I live with, that was given to me from God, that peace will become clear at work. It will become clear in my family, among my family who doesn't believe, okay, among my friends, 
among those I'm with who start conversations, and you can feel it, right? When you're having conversations with people, yeah, it's getting bad, yeah, it's getting bad. And by the end of the conversation, you're like, man, I need to buy th- eight things of toilet paper. After that conversation, I don't even know why. Let's go to stop by Safeway. Um, I almost fed it. You know, we, we, uh, I went to the grocery store. I was like, I might as well just buy some milk, extra milk, extra of all this stuff. Might as well. Just from having conversation about it and letting things take root in here, down into my heart, into my spirit. Got to be careful. Any, any sons of God, any, any daughters of God in the room? Amen. They that walk after the Spirit, they that walk in the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So this, this is who he's talking to. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready to always give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that's in you with meekness and fear. A couple things here. He's not actually saying that there's fear in the world. What he's saying is, um, this is how I'm charging you to do this. To give a reason for the hope that's in you with two things, with two qualities. Everyone say meekness. That's gentleness. Okay, that's how that, that's how that translates. Gentleness, because I don't know about you, I don't use meek in my daily language. M- with gentleness and fear. Everyone say Respect. Respect, with gentleness and respect. I'm, I'm standing here today, and I, I don't even need to, you know, have a ton of faith to say this, but I'm going to guess that you've already had conversations with people at your workplace. About, and some of you are thinking, man, I could have handled that a little bit differently. Maybe I fed in a little, maybe I gave in a little bit too much. Maybe I went along the stream a little bit too much. Or maybe I was a little bit too harsh. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> the, Lord's, the Lord is checking us right now to say, always be ready to give a reason. That, that word reason translates to logos, to, to always give a word. Doesn't that change it a little bit differently when you see it as logos? Always asks you a, a word of the hope that's in you with gentleness and respect. Can we pray? In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray over your life right now. Pray over your spirit. When you get to work tomorrow, when you, when you pick up that group text again with your family, In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we walk by faith, Father, and not by sight, Jesus. You've not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, Jesus. You've given me peace, Father. I walk according to that, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. If you can pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 
Let your perfect will be accomplished in my life, Jesus. Let your perfect will be accomplished in my life, Father. Through whatever trials and tests and tribulations are occurring in the world right now, Jesus. Let me be a light of peace, Father. Let me be a light in the darkness, Father. Let me be the salt and the light of the earth right now, Jesus. In this time. If you've been dealing with fear... If you've been dealing with doubt in this situation, I'm going to ask you right now. We're going to keep praying. I want you to stand and declare right now that you are not living that way. That's, that is not the spirit that the Lord gave you. It's okay. You can, you can stand right now and declare it. In the name of Jesus, I walk forward, Father. Again, let me, let me say it again. You have not given me the spirit of fear, but you've given me the spirit of love, of power and of a sound mind right now. He In the name of Jesus. Come on, keep praying. believe that even in situations like this, the Lord has more in store for us, for us as believers, than we can think, than we can imagine for ourselves. I'm not going to give in to fear. I'm just going to tell you that. The Bible does say to be wise as serpents. And so with that, I want to you know, nowhere does the Bible say be ignorant of what's happening around you. Nowhere does the Bible say that. So there's the key, right? I can know. I can be wise as a serpent. The, the Bible says that. Thank you, Brother Eli. You said be bold as a lion, too. That's, he showed me that right before service. I can do both those things. I can be bold. I can be wise. I can know what's going on. I can be informed. Okay? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You know why? Because the same information that can cause someone to live in fear, that can activate fear and um, panic and anxiety and darkness in someone's mind and spirit, that same information has no power over me. Because God didn't give me the spirit of fear. God called me out of that. He called me out of that. And so I can live being wise. I can, I can understand what's happening, but I don't have to give in to fear. And that's what I'm talking about right now. I'm gonna, I've committed. I've talked to my wife about this. I've committed. We're not living in fear. We're not basing our decisions out of fear. We're basing our, our decisions based on what the Lord is guiding us, as always. Have we prayed about this decision? What is he leading us to does his word say anything about this decision, like to, to continue, to not continue? What has he called us to in this moment? Let me submit it to my oversight. How do they feel about this? Let me pray about it some more. Do I have a peace over this situation? That's it. Coronavirus or not? I said it. Amen. I keep joking at work. We're living in coronation. It's just... Everyone's talking about it. In fact, like 50,000 Microsoft employees are off 
No, sorry. Don't let my boss hear that. Why did I say up? I meant working from home for the next three weeks. I'm tell- I promise. I didn't, s- I didn't mean off. Uh, definitely not off. In fact, it's harder to work from home because, you know, I, I'm on a call and then all of a sudden there's a toddler. The other day I was, like, talking to someone and he happened to be on video. So if he's on video, I got to turn on my video camera. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I had my left hand just pushing Noah out the door, <laughs> you know, with my headset on and talking. And thankfully, he was being nice. He was being quiet through that whole thing. Amen. Let's, let's turn to another scripture. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Next verse. Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. I'm going to go back to, uh, now that we've established we're not, we're not living in fear, right, we're done with that. And that, you know, we're living in a point where the Lord might put us in situations where he's, he's going to allow us to explain, allow us to speak to why we have a peace that that person doesn't. Be ready for that. This is a prime example. These kinds of events are the kinds of things that spur a curiosity. Hey, why are you, why are you okay about this? Like, why, why aren't you buying, you know? Buying all that stuff. We've established that, right? Let's, let's go back to um, what the Spirit was leading us in earlier today. So we, is, we established a couple other things. that There are people in this room who have some testimonies. And you, do n- you would not recognize who they are today if you knew who they were, let's say, 10, 15, 7, 20 years ago. Amen? Some of you could lift up your hands right now and say, you would not recognize me. You would not want to be in the same room as me if you knew who I was 15 years ago. So I'm just going to remind you all, if, if, you're living, if you're living for God now, I think you could say that. Every single person in this room, if you're living for God now, you could say you would not recognize what, my, you know, what inside of me even looked like. 15 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, the negativity that was in me, the anxiety, the depression that was in me, it's, it's unrecognizable. I can't even comprehend how different I was. Anyone, can anyone say that? I had no peace, no direction. And some of you who are maybe a little bit later on in life, you could, you could maybe say, I had no purpose. I had no direction in my life. You know, I, 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 I didn't live according to any belief that the Lord could lead me to a job or in my job. The Lord could lead me in my job. I didn't think that way. And think about where that has taken you since you started believing that way. 
pretty amazing how the Lord can lead you in that way. Anyone um, familiar with the artist named Michelangelo? So the Sistine Chapel, right? It's this massive, massive uh, cathedral. And the painting that's above it, I can't even imagine how one man could have all of that in his head. <laughs> so I, I'm just painting a picture here of how, you know, if someone were to hand you a, or hand you a bunch of money and commission you for an art project and say, hey, this entire ceiling, just go for it. You know, just get some inspiration, go paint this thing. Maybe here, let's talk about these, you know, this beautiful facility, <laughs> like up here. Go make something, make a masterpiece, make some art. Uh, what would you do? I don't know about you, but I would probably paint it one color. And I'd be like, great. I'm a guy, you know, I'm, I'm pretty simple. I like, I like flexibility. <laughs> I like just being able to grab something and go. And so I'd be like, let's, let's, let's go gray all the way, like everywhere. I don't know. And some, some of you might relate to that. Some of you are maybe a little bit more creative, and you might think of putting something really interesting or something that has to do with the church. Maybe you'd get some inspiration. But think about how different your best-case scenario work of art would, is or would be in comparison to what Michelangelo put up in the Sistine Chapel. What? How could one man think that, think that up and create that, let alone hundreds of years ago? That's an illustration. That is a tiny illustration of what it's like to, to not understand the Lord's plan fully in your life. No eye hath seen, nor ear had heard. So when I talk about the second, the, when I talked about the second element, when we were worshiping, we we're talking about God being a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness, all of those things. I'm not just thinking about the past. I'm not just thinking about all of the great things that he's done for me. I'm thankful for that. But I'm living in victory. I'm living free. I'm living in liberty, knowing that what he's got in store is so much more than what I can imagine. He's got a future for me that I can't even describe for myself. And it's not up to me to sit there and, and try to paint the picture myself. Just how great, how great a work he could do in my life. It's not up to me. Let him, let him take care of that. But I, I hope someone leaves this place today understanding that, or maybe you just needed a little bit of a reality check, but in a different way than you usually get it. And the reality is this, is that no eye has seen nor ear has heard what God has in store for them who love him. In the name of Jesus. Can we stand one, one time? Now, without music, without hype, without emotion, could you lift up your hand if that's you, if you needed the reminder today? Would you begin to make a declaration right now? I believe there's no accidents in the kingdom of God. There's a reason you're standing where you are today and lifting up your hands in that way right now. In the name of Jesus, we walk by faith today, Father, not by sight, not just by what we can see that you will do in my life, Jesus. 
but I know, Father, I walk knowing that you've got so much more in store for me, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. Begin to make that declaration. I'm hearing that across this room. Keep going. Come on, come on. Come on, if you believe that, he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your grace, Father. Amen. Why don't you take a seat for just a moment? I have to say, I, I'm rather taken back. Uh, the absence of any concern or fear in here. I mean, it's just not here. I was taken back by that. <coughs> um, I, I would like to share something with you. Um, before we receive the offering, okay? Are you able to put those uh, pictures up on the screen? Okay, this is, uh, I don't think anybody here has met Pedro and Maria Guzman. Uh, these are the folks in Italy. Uh, I led to the Lord years ago in Florida. And they pastor two congregations, one in uh, Milan, one in Torino. Um, I'm sure you, you probably know as many facts or details about what's going on in various places around the world. But yet, you're here today and you have no anxiety. That's a beautiful thing. Um, as of midnight last night, they put 16 million people in, what's the word? Quarantine. That is one-fourth of the population of Italy. So one-fourth of the population of Italy are in quarantine, and the government has mandated that they cannot have public gatherings. So for the last few weeks, Brother Guzman has been uh, communicating via Skype to their members all around the North Italy area, which is where this quarantine is. I asked him this morning, I said, do you need anything? He said, no. But I would like to send them a love offering anyway. Okay? I know they're kind of jumping through hoops trying to make this work for each other. Let's go to the next couple of those pictures. These are some of the families. I, he sent me a whole slew of them. I'm just going to show you a few of these. So each of these people are in their own homes or in their own locations around Italy. And you can see on the screen up there, that's the Guzman speaking, teaching, leading worship. This is Maria right behind Pedro. 
Pedro always has a smile. Let me tell you something about Pedro and Maria. They are soul winners, bar none. When they greet you, you know, most people would say, hi, how you doing? It's good to meet you. How are you? Not with the Guzman. When they reach their hand out, it's praise the Lord. <laughs> so God comes into the conversation before you even meet the individual. And so it's always a launching pad, no matter where they are, and they travel a lot through the system. They don't have a car. And so they travel by train, by bus, and once in a while by somebody else's car. They've been now in Italy for 10 years. They live in a, a small apartment up in, uh, on like the sixth floor or something, long staircases. They finally put it in an elevator, fits about two people. But anyhow, these are the Guzmans. They're wonderful people, and they evangelize nonstop. Pedro is adamant about keeping figures, okay? So he can tell you to date how many people and what their names were that they've made contacts. I think it's well over 8,000 now. They can tell you who has visited their home. They can tell you who has been baptized, who's received the Holy Ghost. Every baby dedication, every wedding, which I think they've done over 50, every funeral, he is adamant about keeping details. And so he, he has all this information. And again, they, they are reaching to people when they get on the bus, when they get on the train, if they're standing at a bus stop. When they landed in Italy, they had to sign up for the social system, the medical system. They, they went there with $1,000 in their pocket. Ten, ten years ago, they stood in line every day for hours. He said, this was our greatest point of contact, standing in line just trying to get signed up for some kind of social medical program there. Sometimes we talk about, well, if we just had this or if we just had that. Uh, is there another picture? I don't remember. Is that the last one? Okay. Um, Italy's been pretty hard hit by this. And, of course, as you know, Wuhan, Wuhan, China, South Korea, places like this. And now the Seattle area. And this is where we live. But we live unto him. Amen. And you've apparently figured that out because... I sense no anxiousness in this room. Here's what I would like to propose to you. I would like you to consider contributing in the way of some kind of a love offering that we can send to Italy, send to the Guzmans, that they will use or share somehow in their situation. They are constantly reaching out to people. You know what? I, it dawned on me some time ago. I was visiting there. I've been there a few times. But I was visiting there on, our, I think it was our second time. And every day, we would leave the house at 9 in the morning. We would come back at midnight. Every day. He would have a list, and we would go visit this family. We'd get on a train, ride for an hour, stop in the city, this community, get off, and walk 
however long it took to get to some couple's or family's house. When we got there, we would visit a little while. It would end up somehow in ministry. There would be a meal. There was a lot of tears. And people would just pour their heart out to God. We'd leave there and we'd go get a, go to the bus. Not the bus. The train stop. Get on a train again and ride to somewhere else. And I'm telling you, this went on all day long. This is what they do. Now, it dawned on me at one point. I know what they live on. I don't know how they do it. Until I realized, to some degree, if they didn't go on visitation, they didn't eat. Now, this is a biblical con concept. They broke bread from house to house and, sp and spent time in the word and in prayers. Well, this has become their life. They are a book of Acts people. And so they take the gospel everywhere. Again, they, they weren't sent there by some entity or institution or government. They went at the call of God, trusting the Lord would provide for them. They've had some really, really skinny times. But the Lord takes care of them, and he never asks he never asks for anything. As of late, now, again, they've established these two congregations, one in Milano and one in uh, Torino. Now they feel the call of God to go to London and Northern Ireland. They are making trips and just going, and as the Lord leads them, to reach out to people. They've given many Bible studies already, had prayer meetings with various people. This is a genuine ministry of the Lord with a couple. Here's what's interesting to me. Years ago, I used to tell the story about the Guzmans because I thought it was pretty miraculous. And I would say to them about them, I would say, these Guzmans, they are, they are uh, soul winning people. They just they meet people everywhere they go, everywhere they go. When they walk into the grocery store, and, you know, just they're always gathering people. They just are people gatherers. One time I was telling the story, and Pedro came up to me asked afterwards, and he said, that's not really true. He said, this, didn't, this wasn't always this way. This didn't start until after your first visit. So in other words, after God dealt with me about going to Florida and connecting with his family and just sharing with them and as I felt of the Lord to teach them from the scripture, it set something in motion in their lives and in their calling. It's never stopped. These are the, these are the deep things of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, I feel compelled. I want to send them a love offering. What I'm asking of you is, if you would like to participate in that, you can do it in any form you wish. You can do it in a cash, just write Italy on it. You can do it on the square up reader back there. However you do what you do, just mark it in some way, all right, so we know that it gets sent to Italy. Why don't we receive the offering at this time? I'm going to turn this back to Elder Luxmore. Come up and pray for the offering.
Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for the spirit that we feel in this place, the faith that is in this house, oh, Father. Lord, we know that you are calling each and every individual here in this place, Father, for your work, for your purpose. We have faith in that, Father. We believe. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you put in the hearts of these people, Lord, to help to participate in any way they can, Father, as you lead us, as you lead us, O oh Lord, in your will, in the direction you want us to go, Father. I pray that you bless this ministry, Father, that is going on over there in Italy, Father, that you would have your way in your leading. Lord God, we ask that you put some a hunger in our heart, Jesus, that we would do your work for you without fear, without hindrance, in an act of faith towards our maker, our God, because we know that you will provide, Father, as we step out in faith today. Have your way. We ask that you would bless those that can and those that are right now, Father, that you would have your way with each and every individual. We ask this in your blessed name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can come up and give. And while you're doing that, I'm going to ask, uh, before we dismiss, I'm going to ask for uh, the, the, our uh, media men <laughs> in the back. Media man, can you put up the, the announcement slides, please, and the life group slides? Thank you. A couple quick things. Anyone have a smartphone? Raise your hand if you have a smartphone. If you have a flip phone, you can just put your finger. Uh, that's okay. I respect you. If you have a flip phone, I, I wish I, I could do that, honestly. Um, amen. So if you have a smartphone, the reason I asked was, uh, please see me if you are not yet in the WhatsApp. We just created a new WhatsApp group. Previously, we were doing broadcast lists, so you'd probably get a message. It looked like just a message from me directly. Uh, what we're going to do moving forward is have a group so that everyone can see the messages. We are posting all of these announcements, every update, um, you know, anytime we have to change things up in the WhatsApp. And so uh, th all that info is here. Everyone say life group. You can leave it on the life group slide, please. Life group. <laughs> all right, so here's the schedule for March and April. Thank you to everyone who has already um, volunteered. What I'm going to say is, moving forward, we are going to have a little bit of a public service announcement here for a couple of things. So f the first is WhatsApp. Please come see me so you can get in the WhatsApp. I will get you in. We, we, if you have your smartphone, you can come to me right now, and we can get you set up in like 30 seconds. Easy. Second thing, life group schedule. Uh, that is up, and you can come up and take a picture of it or you can wait for it to be posted in the WhatsApp, okay? But uh, this will always be posted before service and after service. So prior to service starting, uh, these uh, the announcements will be up. In case we don't get to it, um, there's nothing. There's nothing. Uh, people in the mic like less doing like doing less than you know having to give announcements in the middle of service. And so this will let us have this here available for you. You can just take a photo of it, okay? Uh, this week, I will say this week, Tuesday, 10th, it is, it is at our house. Okay. I got to look. I don't know if you heard that turn into a question. <laughs> I got to look, and I was like, it's at our house? Yeah, it's at our, it's at our house. That's what I meant. It's at our house. At our house. All right. <laughs> 
this Tuesday at 7 p.m. Next week, thank you to the Harins. We have to specify which Harins. Uh, so thank you, Brother Brian, Sister Sally. Um, so that's Tuesday as well. And then Friday, the 27th, we've got the Greens. So week two, week three, week four. We're in week two this week. Amen. Um, please, every time, if you're going to a life group, please communicate. Shoot out a, a text to the family that's hosting and, and ask if you can bring something. Or let them know if, you know, if you're usually at life groups, uh, let them know you won't be able to make it. So that they know, you know, if just... It, it helps to buy one pizza or four. You know, sometimes it, you don't want to buy four pizzas and then, you know, eight people show up because that's a lot of pizza for me to eat. I will eat it. And so uh, just please don't make me. I don't want to. Yeah. Um, all right. So April, this is already posted. We've got two of the weeks, week one and week three are set. Um, we are still looking for people for week two, four, and five. So that is here, TBD. If that's you, if you're here in the office, the congregation today, please come see me. We'll get you in the schedule. And then the announcements are up there as well. We've got a youth convention coming up. Um, the last thing to announce is United. So quick update there. This, um, I'm letting everyone know now, it is postponed. Life Church United weekend is postponed. So it's not April 4th and 5th. Remember, we're not living in fear. <laughs> We are, we are being wise about the situation. We have people who are guests coming in from out of this location. We have people flying in from the East Coast. Uh, Brother David Wright, who is intending to be here. Um, and given the sort of travel situation right now, we, we want to be wise about when to do that. And so we will wait a little bit. More details to come soon. If you have any questions, let me know. But uh, just please note, April 4th and 5th, uh, that is not united anymore we will be doing it at a later date last couple things youth night uh i think that's this week right friday 7 p.m please the contacts for any announcements are up here so you know who to reach out to if you if you need to figure that out so if if you're a parent if you want to go to the mother's uh, memorial ladies rally please come up and take a photo it's also in the back screen here uh this will be available for you to to have amen all right come see me if you uh Need the WhatsApp, and God bless you. Have a great week. And we got a baked good sale right now, starting now. Okay. For Evangeline. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you on Tuesday.